This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Listen, coach, you're ready to play. This is the sporting record here on 3CR in Fitzroy. My name's John A. Tate. James Tate's here. Yes, I am. Hello, how are you doing? M. Collard's also here. I am also present, yes, thank you. <laughs> so we're just going to be a bit of chat today. Bit of chat, bit of good news, lots of different things going on today. Before we get started, though, the sporting record would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. As the, oh, sorry, just had a interruption from a laptop then. Sorry, I'll start that again. Um, the sporting record would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional custodians of the land from which we broadcast this program and on which much of our local sport is played. We pay our respects to elders past and present and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. We'd also like to celebrate the incredible contribution of First First Nations athletes to this country's sporting life, particularly in light of um, tomorrow and marking Invasion Day. Um, I think it's important to note that it's not a day of celebration who wants to celebrate genocide. So, um, yeah, we want to leave that day as a day of um, respect for Indigenous people and mourning and come together. If you're coming to the rally, I'll be there. So give us a shout out on Instagram if you want to, if you need a buddy to come with. Um, but yeah, anyway, there you go. Thanks, John. Up to you. Thank you. <laughs> that little voice you heard in the background was actually my boss. I oh, think really? I, got, uh, I think technology's got me again. Oh, not again. <laughs> I logged into the auction. I work at an auction house. So I logged into the auction, which starts at four o'clock. Uh, on my phone, but then somehow on my my, my laptop, and I put it all onto zero volumes and stuff. But it started on my laptop. Are they connected? Are they working in cahoots? I Laptops think they might and be. apps and phones. I th- they're probably at this point. Oh, anyway, can't win, can you? <laughs> hey, listen. Uh, so the big thing happening at the moment in Melbourne is the Australian Open. Yep. Uh, James and I have been watching a bit of it on telly. You've been watching any of them? I have, actually. I've been putting it on. It's quite nice to kind of, similar to test cricket sometimes, it's nice to have on in the background of whatever you're doing, especially the men's matches can drag on a little bit. So it's good to watch in bits. So I've got a couple of observations, just non-important things, but the sort of thing that... John's John's observations. Yeah, just the sort of thing that jumps out at me. Have you noticed something missing in the telecast? Something missing. Uh, this is probably not new news, but it was new to me. Um, once upon a time, the chair umpire would say, thank you, linesman, thank you, ball boys. Ah. So why doesn't the chair umpire say that anymore? Two reasons, probably. Well, I mean, 
I didn't actually know that that occurred at all. <laughs> Not particularly a tennis connoisseur, but what, what do they say? Lions people and ball kids, or do yeah, they not yeah. say anything? Well, but they don't. But there's no lines people anymore. Oh, true. That's true. It's all technology. Yeah. Which that's a good point. I actually <laughs> I didn't notice. I know that. you don't notice it because yeah. because something still says out or fault, and it. Each voice sounds slightly different yes. as well. So where is that coming from? I don't from? know. Oh, but wow. I'm intrigued. I'm assuming it's the technology because once upon a time they had the they introduced the technology where it made a whistle or something if, yeah. if, if it was out yeah, or just missed the line or something. So maybe they've turned the whistle into a voice. A voice. And maybe they've recorded a few different voices to to make it sound a bit interesting. That's it was, it was fascinating. Brilliant. So in doubles – They'd have to change which line is activated because doubles court's wider than singles court. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, also, it works for let when the ball clips the net on a serve. Well, I guess someone I th- says let. Let was um, already, I think, has been for maybe for a few years, had already been kind of like a, a tech, there was a technology for that. Because yeah, that Lions let court judge was in a dangerous position. <laughs> they yeah, often got hit. Yes. Yeah, not great. <laughs> so does that mean – because I had noticed, especially on close calls, that none of the players are – you know, you can go up for a review. Yes. So no, there's no point in reviewing because no. you know – No. Yeah. And they don't argue. They don't argue with the no. let court judge, you know. Because it's a it's a machine. That was John McEnroe's bread and butter, you yeah. know, ripping into some poor, unsuspecting yeah. line judge. Anyway, so it's, it's, it's made a, the spectacle better. Actually, it's a great observation. I do. This is a very silly question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. If they did, still did have lines, people, and you were going to be one of them, which one would you want to be? Because I feel like you've got the ones on. <sighs> That are constantly in play on the outside, and then you got the ones that are there for the serves, and then say that the you know the let umpire as well. Depends on your personality. If you thrive on conflict <laughs> and control, you'd want to be the ones in the action all the time. Yeah. If you what, just what want to sit there and get paid, be the the serving guy, the you know the fault guy. The, the serving for the for the length. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. What about um. <laughs> Yeah, is that what you'd prefer to do? I suppose, yeah, I think so. Yeah. What about you, Jimmy? Um, I'd want to be one of the ones at the back. Yeah. Watching the line on the side. On the side, yep. Yep. That's the best spot. Go on. That seems like the easiest one. Yeah. And you get the best view of the match. You're standing there. God. Yeah, exactly. That's true. I always thought the ball kids as well were pretty remarkable. Like, I don't have that sort of attention span and it has to be like on and really good like if you make a mistake it can really mess like it's televised and also really mess with the players it's quite remarkable how like efficient they are and you can't do without them because the players aren't going to pick up their own balls are they no i mean (laughs) goodness yeah that's that's a that's a a step too far for them i think (laughs) lastly on the line judges i'm wondering what happens on the outside courts if they have that technology out there as well which would be oh, pretty expensive. It, I imagine it would be, or if they still have lines people there. I don't know. And it, would that make, therefore, make a material difference to the way that the games are played? You yeah, know? Right. I don't know. More mistakes. Great observations. Thank you. Good questions. Observation number two. Oh, here we go. They've also changed the rule regarding coaches coaching their players. Yes. They what do you have. think about that? Um, 
I mean, I can imagine from a player point of view, I'd be like, I want to be able to have a little bit of a chat or even just kind of like a, you know, a bit of like, come on, you got, you know, just could be nice in the middle of the game. Do you remember a couple of years ago, Serena Williams was playing Sam Stoza? Yeah. And uh, her coach was kind of pointing in various places. Yeah. You know, overactive finger, I think. And she got fined. Right. Find or she might have even lost points because yeah. she was getting coached, and she yeah. cracked the the shivers. Yeah, <laughs> and I remember what she said. She says, "I'm not a cheater. I have a daughter." Ah, oh, so I'm uh, not quite sure why having a daughter doesn't make her a cheater. But anyway, that was I thought that was hilarious. That is, but now it's allowed. Yeah, I'm not sure about it. Like I, I'm not sure about. It. I feel like it's once you're in the game. It is what it is, and like you, you've done your prep up to that point, and then you're on your own. Like tennis is inherently an individual game. Yes, um, but it's interesting. Again, I wondering if it's going to make material difference to like outcomes or the way that people experience the game or the way players. I don't know. Interesting. Well, I think it does make a difference. Yeah. You see, um, I don't like it. Okay. Why? Why not? Because. It, there's many factors that go into making you a good player in, in whatever sport you have. Yep. Obviously, natural ability, you know, hand-eye stuff is important. Um, uh, uh, tactics are important. Fitness is important. There's a whole lot of factors. But also, strategy and uh, brain power is important. Yep. So figuring out, you know, I'm getting beaten by this person. How can I turn this around? Or, or what's going wrong? Yeah, you know, you've got to be able to figure that out yourself. Yeah, not have your coach telling you behind. It's a good point. I and, mean, and if someone uh, top player in the world has the best coach in the world because he can pay him the most, yeah, that's true. Is that an advantage over some qualifier who's coached by a dad? You know, yeah, it just doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, that's a that's a a good point. And I guess like in you know in team sports, you have your coach at halftime or whatever, giving mm, everyone mm. a a chat, but. True, like and tennis is a different sport and it's individual, so it, maybe it is up to the individual to figure it out, get through their own problems. Maybe they just thought it's one it's of these things hard. you can't police. Yeah, you know. I mean, <laughs> they're probably uh, raising quite a bit of money for charity with all the fines that they give out through coaching and whatnot. But mm, don't know yeah. what happens. Interesting, fines. good observations. Nice one, John. Third observation regarding the tennis. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm a patriotic person. I love Australia. I usually barrack for the Australians playing whatever sport it is or the Australian teams. But I, I find the overt patriotism that I'm seeing at the tennis and other places, uh, I find it a bit cringeworthy. Yeah. You know? So with the whole Invasion Day thing coming up tomorrow, I thought, I'll ask you two, what do you think about the patriotism shown by fans for Australia? Even the players, you know? Yeah. How, how do you feel about that? You want to take it first, Jim? I'll take it first. Um, what really irks me is the flag. <laughs> yep. We we have a flag <clears throat> that has the Union Jack on it. Yep. And that's not something I can be proud of, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And the idea of these patriotic fans waving that flag about just doesn't sit right with me. That's that's my two cents. That's a good two cents, and I think that's broadly, yeah. I don't. I, it feels weird waving a flag with a Union Jack on it. That's also just it's it's so outdated. I think I feel uncomfortable. The older I get, and the more 
um, we learn about how people who aren't white in this country are treated. The, you know, obviously, no, in the referendum, the gaps that still exist in Indigenous, like welfare, health, quality of life, education, um, just the way that migrants are treated, the way that queer people have been treated by the pol- like, just there are so many things. I think, yes, we are. I feel very lucky in a lot of ways to live here and I'm very appreciative of that. But at the same time, I don't think as I've gotten older and come to understand a lot more things and learn about other people's experiences more and experience my own things, I just feel less and less proud to be overtly patriotic and I to the point where I don't and I think there are so many issues at this point that are so blatantly clear that it feels uncomfortable to be like proud about it it's it feels like until everyone feels safe and comfortable and seen and taken care of I don't think that I would ever feel comfortable being overtly like I don't know it just it feels it feel it's yeah it doesn't feel comfortable and especially then you've got things like the the flag that I don't don't represent most of us anymore really um, and it's a good reminder of the, of our colonial history that we haven't yet reckoned with, to be honest. So yeah, I've, it feels uncomfortable, I think mm. in a word. So you won't be the person up in the stand yelling out, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. No, no. I, I hate, hate that. I yeah. Hate, I hate it too. Yeah. Now we're being party poopers, spoiling are- people's fun. You see people there, they're having a great time at yeah. the tennis. They've paid their money to get in. They're having a ball. They've dressed up for the occasion. Yeah. Good on yous. But uh, it just doesn't sit well with me. No, it doesn't sit w- well with me either. And it's and it's a. I think it's a good discussion to have in light of tomorrow being Invasion Day. And also um, even people like Pat Cummins. I don't know if you yeah, saw his yeah, interview. Yeah, I did. He, I think he's had the strongest position of a, you know, white male cricketer in terms of, you know, he, he always is getting called out for being too, quote unquote, woke, which really <laughs> yes. irritates me. But for, you know, it's, it's fascinating for him having just basic kind of like, oh, I don't really want to be promoting gas companies that are ruining the environment mm. or I don't want to be, I have my own personal values and they are conflicting with my, and it's interesting that he gets so criticized for it and this is something else he, yesterday pat cummins is the captain of the test australian men's test team ahead of today's the start of to get today's game was saying you know acknowledging the fact that it is not a happy day for everybody um it marks the start of genocide so i don't think he you know he was like it his position has changed the day my position is stronger than that but it is for Coming from the Australian men's test captain, that is the strongest position that anyone's had, and he constantly gets criticised for it. But it's nice to see that he's like holding his ground and be like, "No, this is important." And Stephen Smith came out today and backed him on that, which Absolutely. is nice of you, Steve. Yeah, it doesn't mean that they're going to refuse to play on the twenty sixth of January. No, they just don't want a big deal made of it. I think. Yeah, and I think it's just rather than being neutral, and I think the more and more we move through the world it's acknowledged that you can't really be neutral in politics everything Mm. is political that's Mm. our i feel like stay sporty and everything's political are our two like you know major lines on the sporting record um i do feel as though having a position and even if 
they're unable to be particularly strong about it, having that and being like recognizing that I think is really good to see. So uh, can you make a prediction about the tennis and cricket tomorrow? How is it going to be handled by the telecasters and the and the officiating bodies, do you reckon? That's a good question. Are they going to say it's the Australia Day test or are they going to just it's modify a, their language? What's going to happen, do you think? I think that's a really good question because especially like Channel 9 have the tennis. Yep. And I feel like a lot of their audience would probably be people who are, yay, Australia Day. Flag wavers. Yeah. <laughs> um, potentially on KO, that could, like for the cricket mm-hmm. um, and the different broadcast, like for Channel 7, I think has a cricket. So again, might be a bit more Australia Days, but maybe KO. I'm not sure. I, I honestly, I'm not sure. I feel like they could have a couple get a couple of indigenous athletes on to make it feel less you know yeah well a nice interview with uh boland what's his first name S- scott S- boland would be nice have a, yeah. a in-depth interview there at lunchtime I'd yeah like that. um because he's there he's uh, on the he's uh, on the squad squad yeah. yeah i i'm it's i think it'll be a fascinating watch actually to see how they um deal with it because again it's like uh, yeah i don't I, I don't know i'm not sure is the answer we'll see what do you reckon? Well, they're just the points I wanted to raise, you know. I, I don't know. It, it, I hope they cover all angles tomorrow, mm. cricket and tennis. Yeah. We'll see. I think they will. They're, things are starting to swing. People are becoming more conscious and more open to changing ways of how we deal with these things. Yeah. So the tide is turning. It's pretty slow, but it's turning, I think. Yeah. I also just, I don't know, I find it fascinating that, you know, Australia Day has only been on this particular date since 1994. So people getting all, that fascinates me that it's such an issue, (laughs) just purely from that point of view. Um, And also, like, there's no other country in the world that celebrates the day that it got colonised, like that. So, again, it's just in terms of the camp that's changed the date, it's like these are very obvious. Obviously, it was abolished the date until, you know, we have a much fairer and equitable country. I think that's more reasonable. Like, I guess, you know, but, yeah, at least not being like, yay, Australia Day, it's a celebration and stuff everybody else. That's not okay. Well, there's one thing that all Australians can agree on and all Australians like. That's a long weekend. Yes. So, the whole... Australia Day thing's always been a floating holiday, hasn't it? Yeah. So give us a Monday, somewhere in the middle of the year, that we can call it, you know, let's be patriotic day. And uh, we've got a long weekend. No one's going to complain about that. Well, in terms of the, again, the change the date camps, I think a lot of people have suggested May 8. <laughs> Mate. <laughs> If that's in, if you're a change the date person, then I can understand. Yeah, that's that makes sense. To be honest, if there was something between July or June and September, that'd be pretty nice. I know. Who wants a holiday in January? We've already got school we've holidays got, and stuff. We've got a lot. So um, anyway, we take a holiday for the king's birthday, and it's not even his birthday. It's not even his birthday. And again, I think it just makes no sense. We've got this random head of state who's <laughs> barely been here, and we get this public holiday for that. Extraordinary. <laughs> All right, take us away, Jim. Wildlife Victoria is a non-profit wildlife emergency response service dedicated to helping wildlife in need across Victoria. 
Our volunteers rescue and rehabilitate sick, injured and orphaned wildlife. If you see wildlife that may need our help, on the road, in your backyard or in the bush, please contact us immediately on 84007300. That's 84007300. To donate or to become a volunteer, visit wildlifevictoria.org.au. A 3CR supporter. Favourite Texas singing cowboy Charlie Crockett returns to Melbourne this February for a huge night at the Forum. Charlie and his band, the Blue Drifters, will deliver another scorching night of timeless country classics and Wild West tales on February the 12th with country soul queen Emma Donovan. Charlie Crockett and Emma Donovan at the Forum in February. Good times. Tickets on sale now. Love Police is a 3CR supporter. You might have heard about the Community Radio Plus app, but it's only when you start using it that you'll wonder how you lived without it. You can listen to us wherever you are. At home, work, driving. On public transport, gardening, protesting, or even in the bath. Just search Community Radio Plus wherever you get your apps. Right, we're going to do a bit of a whip around, aren't we, Em, of stuff? We sure are. Let Get ready. A, let me throw a question to James for the moment. It's a basketball question. Yes, So, I'm James, ready. who would the uh, – um, who would you say are the best – if you were picking the U.S. Olympic basketball team, yep. who would be your first choices to go in? First choice to go in on the U.S. Olympic basketball team? If you were the selector. That's a good question. A lot of the best players in the world at the moment aren't American. I know, but I want the American team. Um, I guess I'd go with Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. uh, Los Angeles Lakers player, big guy, very quick feet. How about that? Yeah, would Steph Curry be on your list? Steph Curry would be on the list, Steph yes. Curry would be number one on my list. All right. Yep. LeBron James, would he be on the list somewhere? Yes, he would be. Number two on my list. Well, surprise to learn today, they've chosen a large squad. You know, yep. It'll eventually be 12, but I think that's, you know, 40 players or something. And uh, Steph Curry's never gone to the Olympics for the US. Really? Never. I guess it's a question of him making himself available, isn't it? I imagine so. I imagine for the 2020 or 2021 Olympics, it would have been not, being not available because by that point he was – even the 2016 Olympics, He, I think he won the MVP award in that year or the year before even. So it's not as though he wasn't wouldn't have been in contention. And Surely. LeBron James hasn't been to the Olympics since 2012 in London. I think wow. they won it. Yeah, they yeah. did. Yeah. I think that was a really good photo actually taken. Of <laughs> Kobe Bryant was in there. Like, just an absolute elite group of, of basketball players, I think, were in that. It does that raise year. the question for me, though. Why do we have sports like basketball or tennis at the Olympics when the best players in the world often say, oh, no, I'm not really interested in going there? It's a good question. Especially, like, FIBA, like, they wouldn't get... The U.S. team isn't anywhere near what they could be because they don't make themselves available. Mm. I don't know. No, I, just a question. It's a good question. Interesting. There you go. What have you got for us, Em? All right. Well, I've got a number of um, just a lot of really good news happened this week. Um, we had the first female Dakar rally winner since 2001, ah. which is pretty cool. Christina 
uh, Gutierrez is the 2024 Dakar Challenge champion. Is that motorbike or, or the cars? I think it's the cars. Okay. The Dakar Rally uh, consists of one stage per day comprising at least one special each, several hundred kilometres long on or off road. The total difference co- distance covered is several thousand kilometres. And the event takes place over a period of 10 to 15 days. It's held in Saudi Arabia. But it's not really a Saudi Arabian thing. It's been in many places over yeah. the years. Just that they're the ones who are prepared to sponsor it these days. Yeah, which is, as we've discussed before. And there's a lot of sand in Saudi Arabia. Common. Yep, yep. Um, so that's really exciting. The other exciting news is the International Cricket Council, the ICC, have come out with their player, their teams of the year. And in the... T20 women's team, we had four players, Beth Mooney, Ash Gardner, Elise Perry, and Megan Schutt as ah, players selected to the team, which is really exciting. Same Ash Gardner, bowler as well. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Spinner. Um, also, in wonderful news, uh, the uh, Palestine men's soccer team, they beat Hong Kong to make the round of 16 in the um, men's qualifiers. Yeah, in the Asia Cup. for And this will be qualifiers for the World Cup, the Olympics. I'm not sure. I should have double-checked that. But they're making history. Is that the men's team? The men's team. Yeah, it's Asia Cup. Yeah. And they're playing us next. Yeah. In the and round of 16. Round of 16, which is Sudden death. huge news and really exciting. And we've played them before in, mm-hmm. um, was it Kuwait, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so really exciting news for them, obviously, like I can't, again, I cannot understand how they're possibly managing to like get through, but it's, it's really wonderful and I'm, I'm backing them. I love to see them do well. Um, Ash Barty, who obviously we know as the 2022 Australian Open women's singles winner Mm -hmm. has just confirmed that she'll be playing in the New Zealand Open in golf. (laughs) <laughs> because why not? Why not? You talented athlete Isn't she great? may as well do that. Um, and oh, then Ash. the last last little bit of uh, news for you all is that, um, and this is maybe neutral news. I don't know. So Cameron Green has today been oh. um, tested positive for COVID and yet he's playing in the Australian men's test team, mm. which their latest match has started already today at the Gabba against the West Indies. And so there's some great pictures of him <laughs> lining up. I'm just going to show John and James lining up to do the formalities before the game and his social distance away uh, from the rest of the team. But he fields in the gully. Are they going to field him there with a mask or sure, are they he, going to put him down at fine leg or something? No, he was fielding in gully and then Hazelwood took the first wicket of Brathwaite and it was caught behind. So Hazelwood bowled and Carey, the wicketkeeper, uh, caught the ball after Brathwaite nicked it and... Cameron Green came in and then caught himself. You, you could see him like, oh, no, I can't do this. And like walk, like kind of ran backwards a bit away from the rest of the team. So uh, he's still playing, which is pretty oh, remarkable. Times um, have changed, haven't they? Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's, yeah, interesting times. Shows we're all vaxxed now. It's not such a life and death issue. Yes. Yeah, interesting. But, um, yeah, so there you go. That's the quick whip around for today. In terms of the score... We're currently at uh, two wickets for 54 
from 19 overs. Oh. Um, That's the, the West Indies. The West Indies are selected to bat. Brathwaite was out after making four runs, and McKenzie was also out after making 21. He was bowled, uh, caught by Usman off Pat Cummins bowling. There you go. Uh-huh. We got a song to finish on. Yes, we do. Let me just line it up. Uh, that's all right. While you're doing that, I might mention that uh, I think next week we've got a guest, special guest. Uh, it just has to be confirmed. We'll keep you. It's a musical special guest who mm. uh, uh, has a connection to the Western Bulldogs. Footy How mysterious! Club. Yeah, you'll have to tune in next week for that. How good! But I thought it'd be appropriate if we finish with uh, my favourite Archie Roach song. Great. Um, This is The Colour of Your Jumper. I remember when I was a lad Kicking a footy around my backyard Me and the cousins We tried to kick a goal We played with heart Yeah, we played with our heart and soul Now it's the best game in the world Young and old It's my football team Football team Football team I'm putting down a player Is trying to put him off his